You're listening to RHR Talks, the podcast where the RHR team talks all things recruitment and advertising. We're going to be covering various topics on which we're regularly asked by candidates and hiring managers and offering our industry insight, which we hope you'll find useful, whether you're looking for that next opportunity or just to find the best talent. I'm Paul Walsh, one of the consultants at RHR. Each week, I'm going to be joined by my colleague and now podcast co-host, Tim McGuire. Tim and I are going to be talking with recruitment and advertising experts from various areas of our business. This week, we're joined by our consultant, Danielle, as we talk about the benefits of using a recruitment consultancy. Yeah, uh, Tim and I are joined with Danielle this week. We've already in, uh, introduced ourselves previously. We're two of the consultants at RHR, but Danielle, here's the opportunity. Introduce yourself. So I'm Danielle from RHR. Um, I've been in the business for over four years now, and I specialize in all things head office. Um, you've got your corporate side, so HR finance, buying and merchandising, marketing, creative, digital, and e-commerce. So you name it, I most probably do it. For those who haven't listened to the podcast last week, which I'm sure you should have, my name's Paul. I'm one of the consultants at RHR. Yeah, so I work within the team with Danielle and Tim. And Tim is here as well. I am Tim. Hello. <laughs> so we've obviously spoke about what we were going to cover today, which is essentially why I use a recruitment agency. And it's going to be really conversational and catered toward both candidates who are looking for a new role and obviously clients who are potentially looking to make that higher agencies. There's obviously pros and cons. So a lot of people aren't as familiar with how they operate. Why use an agency from a candidate perspective? From a candidate perspective, there's there's obviously lots of different reasons and it will vary dependent on, you know, why you're looking potentially. Um, it might be the fact that you don't have the time to navigate your own job search. So you might be more of a, I guess, passive job seeker that's not got all their job alerts for different adverts coming in. They're not looking on LinkedIn jobs every single day. So if you have an agency, you're not going to miss anything. You're going to be up to date. The agency as well kind of know more around what you're looking for. So they can sieve out those roles that maybe don't fit your salary requirements or level. There might be a lack of experience there that, that you're wanting in that role, but you're not going to know until you speak to someone over there. So we kind of skip that stage for you. We know what you want, I guess. Yeah. That's the challenge, isn't it? I think sometimes people don't necessarily, especially if they've been with a business for a long period of time, they don't really know where they then slot into that market. and. Mm whether they're underselling themselves or overselling themselves. Do you deal with a lot of candidates who have never used an agency before? What does that ratio look like for you? Do you know what? I mean, even for myself, when I worked in retail, I had never used a recruitment agency. I just, yeah, I wasn't that aware. I mean, I was very, very early stages of like assistant management. So for me, it wasn't necessary anyway, but yeah, I, I am surprised by the amount of people that don't because now working one, I see how beneficial it can be. Yeah, I would say it's, I don't know, maybe like 60, 40. Okay. 70, 30 maybe at a push. But um, yeah, there's quite a few people that haven't. I mean, once you explain what we do, then it makes complete sense to them. Like it's not rocket science, is it? But, no. Um, do you think a lot of people know the difference between a consultancy and an agency? Because I think sometimes those two words get really muddled up in the industry, which of course, as RHR as a consultancy, it is different in a, a lot of aspects, especially from a candidate point of view. 
Yeah, I mean, you hear about a lot of agencies that don't build and develop their relationship with their candidates, and it is more so someone gets you registered on their system, and then from there, it's kind of, if they've personally got a job, then they'll contact any candidate on that system, where with us as a consultancy, I mean, there's candidates that I've spoke to since I began my my career at RHR, might not have necessarily got them a job yet, but I still keep that relationship going, and, and it's more one-to-one service and mm. it's more yeah. about knowing our candidates and our clients to best fit so i think that's one of the big differences between from what i understand from an agency and consultancy when it comes to candidates yeah yeah a lot more of a partnership instead of you fit this so we'll put you forward to this yeah i think it's how our business model works that like you just touched on there danielle we you know, we we have essentially candidate ownership, and that might not mean a huge amount to people outside of the recruitment world, but it is that one point of contact within the business who can then speak to you about vacancies that match what you're looking for, as opposed to you mm. sitting on a database, uh, which sounds really old-fashioned. Because people often say to me, you know, please make sure that I'm the top of your pile, and it's like, well, no, I don't have a pile. I don't have a pile. We're paperless, um, but. It's, <laughs> It's it's also about like you said building that that relationship. So, from uh, direct applications and via agency, so applying via agency, w- what would you say would be the main differences in terms of that candidate process and experience? I think what I really enjoy about agencies, and if I was working in retail now, I'd definitely be more inclined to use one or a consultancy to use one because I'll get the opportunity that if on paper, my CV and my experience doesn't necessarily fit that brief. But, you know, when you work with a consultant, they they understand your knowledge, your experience, and they can pick up the phone and push a little bit more and kind of get you in the door. Obviously, I don't think I'm going to push every single candidate, but there are certain candidates where you, you just know they are great for that role and you look at their CV and you're like, my client is not going to invite this person in next to the other CVs that I'm sending. So you have to pick up that phone. And I think that's a really big plus for the candidates because without that, you might not even get that interview in the first place. It brings that human element to recruitment, doesn't it? Yeah, you can just push a bit more on like their achievements and put their experience in context a bit more because for head office as well, like all all roles can be so completely different in regards to experience and exposure. They might have the same job title, they might sit within the same salary banding, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're as, I don't know, independent in a role and has more ownership than the other. Like you've really got a talk to someone to get that across sometimes so I think that's the biggest plus I would say I think being honest with candidates as well is you know if if someone's actively applying to all these positions that they're not going to be right for but yet they don't have the knowledge that that's the reason behind it they're going to get deflated they're not going to move forward with the search so more often than not I've given people redirected the job search for them which is more useful I imagine do you you ever find it um, Danielle, with your candidates that they've signed up to a number of different agencies or a number of different consultancies, and how do you think that plays out compared to just speaking to one or one or two? Do you know what? It really does vary depending on the candidate. Like some candidates are speaking to absolutely everyone and anyone. They're applying mm. to like 
every single brand out there and it's a bit like oh I now can't really help you because you've already mm. introduced yourself like please just calm down um, <laughs> a little bit um, and then yeah other other candidates they yeah they don't they're just not as out there I guess I think there's there's a good balance because we know there's some clients that we use more on a one-to-one that that don't use any other agencies so there's going to be clients out there that don't use us but use a different agency because they have that um partnership it's they're not going to spread spread their their job roles through all the different different businesses so I think you have to have that healthy balance if you are using a consultancy or agency um, and really pick the ones that you you feel are going to present you in the best way possible so you're going to have to have those initial conversations and and work out who you might gel with more or who you feel puts you forward in the best light yeah, yeah, I think that's totally right. And and of course, there's nothing wrong with talking to a few consultancies, agencies and finding out, like you said, which one gels best with you? Which one do you feel represents you best? And I guess in a metaphor sense, what would you rather? A whole crowd of people who don't really know you, but can put your description to a, a job brief or one person in the corner really got to know you, that partnership knows your skills. And when it push comes to shove, actually can um, persuade a client to see you because sometimes the hardest part of the job search is actually getting an interview, isn't it? Yeah, I think just maybe built, it's, it's a one-to-one relationship with your consultant. It's kind of like finding the right therapist and you try something and you think, yeah. Um, but other people think they're amazing. So it really just, it's, I think it's a case by case basis on who they're working with and what that working relationship is. I mean, like. the last 12 months has really taught me that I potentially could be a really good therapist. Life coach. I just need the couch. Yeah. <laughs> From, uh, I, I guess one of the, the, the first, I don't want to say frustrations because it sounds like a negative thing, but I think it's, it kind of links to what Tim and I were talking about on the last episode around applications so just being more considered especially in the current market so I think you touched upon something earlier where you know you pick up the phone you speak to somebody and they've applied to every single thing spoken to multiple agents and I get that they want to cast that net as wide as possible what advice would you have to people who are deliberating do I put my own search on a hold uh, with direct applications or do I just stick with the consultant what what's the best way to do it I feel like once you find the best consultant for you, they'll be honest. I try and be as honest as possible with people. You know, there might be a job role that I can help you with, but there might be a job role that I can't. And it would be really selfish for me to tell you that I can when I know that I've got no connection with that recruiter or no connection with that business and I know they're not going to use me or if even if it's a client of mine but they don't have the budget to use an agency like how selfish would it be if I was like don't apply like yeah. don't apply I'll help you I promise and then I know that I can't so I think again it's that that balance and that mix and I think once you partner with the right people for the job search and you trust those people then yeah it makes life a lot easier I think the worst thing is though that the the consultants need that honesty and trust back like we know that we've all had a client come back and be like oh um actually that CV was sent to us by this other agency or actually that um CV they actually applied directly 
but when we spoke to them they were like no i didn't apply there yeah i know i'm like you just make me look unprofessional but you're also like making yourself look unprofessional at that point just be honest like if they didn't get back to you there's nothing i can do about it at that point it's a common misconception isn't it where you think actually do you know if i apply more than once then it's going to double my chance of getting the job it doesn't work like that no And I think I think on the flip side is there are some agencies that will send um, a candidate CV without you asking or without your permission. I think going back to what you said before, Danielle, exactly. Um, it's like a therapist when you have that first call, that first meeting, lay out your expectations, hear their expectations, because everyone works differently. And I think once you realize that things will go a lot smoothly, because I think, I don't know about you guys, but one of the first times I speak to candidates, their biggest frustration is they get promised everything and anything. We we seem like magicians pulling rabbits out of hats. And then they don't hear from the consultant or agency for months on end and sometimes never hear them again. And it's almost like a, a letdown right from the beginning. Well, I think there's a stigma in the marketplace. It's quite similar to a state agency. And I think that honesty from the get go, you know, I always say my ability to help is based on the jobs that I'm recruiting for. And that is, that's the fact. And I think as well, like it's that human element to it as well. Like there is a big stigma about recruitment consultants and a state agent that, you know, that we, we just want your CV to place you so that we can make loads of money. And it's like, we don't make any money until you start your job and that money doesn't come out of your salary before that we're working for for absolutely free basically and that can process can last quite a long time dependent on Mm. the level of role so there is a big stigma and as well i think people need to remember recruiters are human hr people are human we've got so much going on and we're juggling as much as we can and we're trying to get back to absolutely everyone but there will be those times that we forget that we've just generally forgot to reply so or forgot to pick up the phone and just check in with you so don't be afraid to email us yeah Yeah. like i want to know that you're still active and i want to know that you're still you know locked into finding a job role because there's times where candidates just drop off the map and i'm like i've got a job where are you please call me back i'm sorry we've not spoke for a month or two but i've just not had anything yeah and they just don't and then 12 months later they pop up and they're like hi um yeah me i'm like i thought i thought you weren't looking anymore (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's very much a two-way street and the the candidate's dealing with one recruiter but the recruiter might be dealing well is definitely dealing with more than one candidate and whilst i think we definitely pride ourselves on that whole communication piece it's knowledge is power especially within a situation like that so it needs to be a two-way street yeah i think it's important important to touch on because we've talked all about talking to a client on your behalf and obviously the, the main element of going to a recruiter or an agency or consultancy is to get you a role but I, I feel like we should touch on what we do because a lot of times I'm sure you both uh, I've spoke to you about it before it's more than just having the right person send a CV about whether that's CV advice the briefing call the feedback mm-hmm. today I'll talk a little bit more about all those aspects and how it is more than just a five minute, 10 minute conversation to a client. And that's all we do. I think it starts from the very beginning, um, working as a consultancy. It's from that initial conversation. We don't just want to get your CV, find out your salary expectations, your notes period and send your details over. We literally want to know what is it that you're actually looking for? Because this role that you've applied into actually might not be right. 
based on what you want. So give me that chance, have that conversation with me and let me figure that out as well. And then having that initial interview with them. So we do go through a, a detailed interview with our with our candidates and that's so that not just we know that they can interview, but also so that we can sell them in the best light possible. You know, they might shine lights on lots of nice achievements that then when I do pick up the phone, I can sell that into the client. So it's from the very beginning. And then I think as well, it's that constant catch up, like Paul said, trying to make sure that we're always find out has their expectations changed within the last time we spoke to them? What have what else have they got going on? Can we push clients to move quicker um, for them because they might miss out on on you as a as a candidate? And then, yeah, the detailed job briefing that we do. So we will help you prepare the best way possible. Obviously, we can't give people the answers because <laughs> that's just not how life works, unfortunately. But, and it won't help them you know, when they get a job, yeah. We can guide you. And I think that's the best thing about consultancy because how many times have you gone to an interview and you've had a number of no's and it can get quite disheartening, but you don't know what it is that you're... I say quote unquote doing wrong and it could be the most easiest thing you might be saying we when you're talking about all your achievements instead of what I've done or you're just not selling the commercial side like I work with a lot of creatives and it's retail's been a tough market for the last couple of years and although businesses want creative people they also want commercial people we need a commercial buyer I hear that all the time and it's like it's just pulling that out of people. So we're coaching along the way as well, the feedback. So if your expectations do change after the first interview or after the second interview, we can tell the client there and then rather than let's all go through like this long process and offer gets put on the table and you don't want it anymore. We can just be that middle person for them. And who likes talking about money? I mean, I love talking about money. Like, I want to know what my friends do for a living, <laughs> what they make. I see someone pull up in a nice car and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what job they do. How much do they make a year? But Pretty not sure everyone is that. It is a stigma, isn't it? People feel really uncomfortable talking about salary. And I find sometimes clients feel uncomfortable mm. talking about salary when they're with the candidate because there's that, do we want to lose this candidate? Can we push back on finance to get more sign off on budget? So I think the way that we work and maybe we've been just trained in this way, it's just about let's put the cards on the table, first of all, because that is one of the main, it's not the, the only reason, but it is one of the main reasons why people are going to, yeah, of course. You yeah. need to support yourself. And you feel like you've wasted this whole time interviewing for a job role and then the offer isn't what you want. And the client feels the same way. Like, well, we thought you wanted, like you applied, you knew how much the job was paying. Why have we gone through this whole process? So it kind of cuts that out as well. And at the end of it, we can have those honest conversations about salary. And rather than you feeling uncomfortable and feel like you're being a bit cheeky or vice versa, the client feeling like, oh, I've got to give them an offer that I don't think they're going to accept. We can kind of be that middle person and take the awkwardness out of the conversation. So I think that's a good one as well. Yeah, I think both for agency and client side, having that person in the middle cuts out a lot of uncertainty at the end. Like, for instance, you do hear when people apply direct at the end, someone doesn't take a job because of the money or because the commute's not right all of a sudden. Whereas if we, we go through that at the very beginning, I, I, I've had very few hiccups at the end because, of course, that's all been kind of sorted out right from the start. How honest are you with um, 
with the person you're interviewing with in terms of what other interviews you've got going on. I think that's a big thing. It, it's mm. something that we really want to understand. You know, what else is going on? Where are that with the stages? Has anything changed? I feel like has anything changed is something that we say pretty regularly. <laughs> uh, that other I people... Uh, listen, the the world can change in two days or a week. It's it really can. So I think understanding that is is key. Yeah, and as well, it's like when a job advert might say flexible working, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, every last Friday of the month you can have an hour back of your life, and people apply to the role like, oh, flexible working, great, I can like work from home one day a week, and it's like, no, you can't. So having the agency to like really pry. Yeah. On what yeah. that means. Yeah, um, expose a rumor. Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of different different reasons. Um, yeah. We've 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 talked a lot about the candidate side of things, and I think it's it's naturally seg. There's a nice segue into the benefits for the client, and some of the things we've we've just touched upon there really around that candidate commitment and uh, making that process as smooth as possible. If I was to say to you, you know, what why would a client use an agency? What what are the benefits? To, to a client to use to recruit via an agency? I mean, a good one, which again falls a bit in both, is the private and confidential roles. I think that's a big reason why a client would come to us. So there may be a job role that's not been signed off yet, or, you know, just a reason as to why they can't publicly put out a position. So it's a private and confidential role, and they need to find the right candidates. How do you do that? So you obviously go to a consultancy or an agency to help you, headhunters as well to, to help you to find that right person without disclosing who the brand are. So that's a big one. And also a really good pro as to why candidates, especially at that more senior level, to use and be registered with consultancies, because you won't know that job even existed if you wasn't. Yeah. So that's a big one. Time, time is money, um, especially yeah. with like business critical roles. You know, businesses don't just work on one role at a time, vacant one vacancy at a time. There's teams that are working on 30, 40, 50 roles. And depending on how many recruiters they've got or how many people in HR, how much um, responsibility the line managers might take on for recruitment, they just don't have that time. And that role being vacant is going to cost the business a lot more than the agency fee itself. So that's a, that's a big one, which I yeah. think people forget about um, a lot. Yeah, I think I've had this conversation with a couple of people over the years. I definitely have around, okay, you know, looking at the cost of this hire on your budget, what's the actual overall cost to the business? And it's a difficult one because it's not always that easy to measure. You can look at an agency spend and see that as a bottom line cost. But what do you know the impact of not having this vacancy filled is to the wider business? So I think that's always something to consider when looking to enlist, well, looking to engage with an agency. What I was going to say is around the whole consultancy piece that we offer to candidates, I'm finding more and more that we're also offering this to clients and especially clients that I've been working with for a long period of time. Do you find that you take that approach with the with the businesses that you partner with? Yeah, so I do offer salary surveys a lot and it is like a big question that I'm asked for a lot of the time because I do cover so many different roles in head office. Um, yeah, I've got a whole spreadsheet on every single role you can think of and it's it's really hard in head office as well because like one job title might not be reflective in a different business so I've got like 
10 different versions of what one person does in different job titles and salary bandings it's crazy and also locations as well so we really do break it up for people and because we don't just recruit in London we also do look at the Midlands the whole of the UK we've got so much information on our database that we can offer to clients so it's it's really handy in that way as well as I think people don't realize all the other different things we do like the response management projects that we've done in the past the big volume recruitment I think that was my first project coming into our HR was a big volume recruitment piece of like 250 to 500 people it was like welcome to recruitment Danielle and I was literally on the phones all day every day for three weeks and um, just kind of getting people booked onto assessment centres make sure they was actually going to turn up because a lot of people drop off of them and then as well doing the references checks for them as well I then had to take um, ownership of making sure we were obtaining the right information for references so there's a lot more and I guess it goes back to agency versus consultancy and what we offer the client. I think I think going back to what you said and it's so important it's almost that goodwill equity you know um, I think the vast majority of my clients I've worked with for a number of years and so if I have a great rapport with them and you know they support me and I support them if they call and say Tim oh we really don't know about the salary for this buyer in this particular category I would happily do it free of charge in my own time because it's it's that you help me I help you scenario and I think that's another difference between an agency and a consultancy is maybe an agency, if you called up, they go, yeah, that's, that, that, that's a fee, please. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, it is sometimes a little bit, hey, really appreciate your support on that one. So, you know, this is, this is my um, industry expert on A, B and C. Yeah, I think that's why we've got the long-term relationships because realistically, there's no client out there who's going to brief you on every vacancy they have. It just no. doesn't work like that. More often than not, it's about, them utilizing you for your market knowledge whether that be salary surveys even just the job descriptions or where they're targeting or what the market's saying it's it's just a conversation ties interview questions to ask yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah and i think it's important because we talked a lot about sourcing for a client and of course a lot of people think or have that conception that an agency and client is the best for just headhunting the right person but of course now in this midst of a pandemic what I found is my clients are coming to me less even about the sourcing but the selection you know they say Tim I put up this advert and I've got about a thousand responses this week I need so a professional for I need you to interview all the ones that look good, an hour interview, Skype, we used to do face-to-face, but obviously that's not happening. And I, I need you to come back and say the top 10. And of course, that is that more than just sourcing. It is that selection process that really does help a client because as you said, Danielle, time is money. Yeah, especially at the moment with the pandemic, one of my clients, she was telling me about a job role that she had advertised and she had 2,000 applications and then she was also getting a lot of messages through her LinkedIn for her work email of have you seen my application have you seen my application and she was just so overwhelmed by it and yeah she just needed that extra support so just being able to offer that I think really makes a difference again between an agency and a consultancy Another one I think as well to mention is like negative press or when a business financially might not have done very well or the press have actually just leaked old figures that's happened to me before so people are a bit unsure where that business is and I mean 
we know the news you can't like news is not gospel um there yeah. are going to be twists to it so we can be that voice sometimes on behalf of the client that is facing that as a challenge that's also a really good pro we know them we've most probably spoke to the line managers we might place people in the business we know how they've got on previously so we can give all of that information to candidates that are a bit on the fence they're a bit unsure and it's not the client's fault that they are unsure it's just unfortunately a news article's gone out and it's not read too well or one person that might have had a a bit of an iffy experience out of 500 people has told them about it and then they're like oh great it's that whisper game isn't it yeah yeah like last thought we're british we I mean, there's so many negative reviews about restaurants and holidays, hotels. We but just love to complain. Work, like, it's just <laughs> our nature. Like, so bad to say, Not but it is. Not enough bread in my bread basket, yeah. So my big <laughs> thing is, like, go and have that first stage interview, have that conversation. And nine times out of ten, they come back and they're like, I loved it. It was yeah. Amazing. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that feels good as well. My friend of my friend of my cousin twice related had a bad interview once and you're just like, like 10 years ago, <laughs> 10 yeah. years ago. Oh, and it was a phone call. It's just like, mm. And I think it's just how do we sell you as an employer of choice? Because often I will say to clients, okay, sell the business to me. What, what's the selling point to that business? Because it's about how do we take that full brief and how is that going to appeal to everyone? It isn't just about job title, salary and location and we've got a really nice head office. Okay, what's your next what's your next 12 months look like as a business? Where are you expanding? What does where's this role going to move within the business? What does the line manager work like? So there's so many different areas that I think people wouldn't necessarily get from just an advert on a website. You forget that most people, you know, obviously salary is important, head office, but a lot of people, I, I, there was a um, a Virgin survey that went out and they said 40% of their colleagues said the reason why they work there is that other colleagues. And so sometimes being able to know your business like that or being able to sell it for you makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah and I really enjoy when um, like a talent team and a HR team I guess trust me to work closely with the line managers and meet the teams and come into the head office and actually see it for myself because it really does help me absorb everything that I need to go away and do a good job for that client. And I mean, I feel like I've made really good friendships from some yeah. of these as well. And it just makes it makes our job so much easier um, to be an extension of them rather just to be another recruitment agency or recruitment consultancy that they're using. Yeah, and it's all about partnering because essentially what that will allow is consistency for the candidate who's going through that experience. You don't want it to seem that, oh, well, I'm dealing with the agency and that's not reflective of what they're saying in the interview. So it's just to make sure really that whole candidate experience is what it needs to be and we end up filling the vacancy really. And it's a win-win, you know, the amount of times, unfortunately something happens or, or there needs to be another decision maker. and a candidate goes for an interview and the feedback isn't for another two weeks, you know, week update, if I can say, really apologize, like, you know, this is the reason it was happening. Whereas if there wasn't that in-between person, you know, especially in the pandemic, after a day, I start thinking to myself, oh, they haven't, oh what's happening? What's So it is sometimes having that middle person to really um, be that extension of your HR and recruitment team, actually. Yeah. Also, like the onboarding process, like, I feel like there's a bit of a misconception about where agencies just drop off in the process. Yeah. So like in our instance, we 
we are trying to keep in constant contact with that candidate and not just till their start date but also three months after that you know during their probation making sure that they're okay they're enjoying it is there any feedback that maybe they're not confident with relaying to the client especially now that people are starting remotely that might be lacking in that onboarding experience that you know we can go back to that client and be like just an fyi they haven't had their contract um, free yet and they're still waiting in the post or just an FYI, they've not had their like laptop or anything been delivered, you know what's going on. They haven't had training on the systems properly whilst working from home. Like we can just be that middle person. So we don't just drop off as soon as it's like, yep, we want to offer. Yep, they've accepted. All right, thanks guys, bye, done yeah. the job. And once you place a candidate in a business, I always think, you know, the that relationship is even more concrete yeah yeah, stronger really so if there are any concerns i found in my experience that the candidate will be quite transparent with me about what their frustrations are you only have to say how's it going to hear someone say "Mm." Uh, yeah. Right, let's, okay. Let's talk about this. It's it's not fine. And actually, a lot of those creases can be ironed out with it. Mm. With, like Danielle said, whether it just be something that needs to be included in the induction plan, or perhaps something that they're not getting from an operational standpoint. So someone to talk to that understands. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they feel they feel like oh I I'm not learning quick enough or. I've not done this yet. And it's like, whoa, it takes three months to even really get you like stuck into a role. Like don't put too much pressure on yourself because then that's making them feel negative about the role. And really they just need to talk to someone. So yeah, it, it, it is it. We should put therapists next to our recruiting names. No, but it, I think that that's the big selling point, really, because it is that whole end-to-end process that we we manage. So we're, that process can sometimes be, I've seen it be like six months, from initially being briefed yeah. on the role by the client to working with the candidate for the first three months in role. I mean, that's 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 a long time, and throughout that time, we're forever checking both sides. When when a client can't find the right person, and they've interviewed so many people, and they're like, they come to us and. Sometimes they just don't realise what it is that's lacking, whether it's they need to up the salary slightly or they need to look at a more junior candidate to fit within that salary banding. So they've spent like a good month trying to source this person based on the information they've got when really all they need to do is just ask us and we're more than happy to point them in the right direction if we can. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other pros. We're just great people and we're very nice we're not, i think i think do you know what the amount of time i have it i'm that i'm that well, i haven't been to any parties recently obviously but um you know you say oh i'm a recruitment consultant and they go oh that's nice and you think so <laughs> actually we are nice yes yes we do work for sales because that that's our livelihood but it doesn't mean we're not nice people and i enjoy my job you know i enjoy chatting to people and yes there's an end goal but that doesn't mean i don't enjoy the process um, we're not just machines well it's about the relationship and i think you're going to get it's how you what you give to that relationship as, as with anything so you need to make sure that you are offering as much market knowledge as you possibly can giving reflecting their onboarding and candidate experience and ultimately filling the vacancy with the right person and making making both people very happy win 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 Okay, Danielle, I'm sure you'll be a prominent feature on this podcast with Tim and I. Thank you so much for talking through what we've talked about today. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Anytime. I feel like it's like BBC News <laughs> or ITV this morning. And now the weather. 
You've been listening to RHR Talks. In order to keep updated on future episodes, make sure to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to be kept up to date on vacancies and content would be to follow RHR on LinkedIn and register via our website at www.rhr.co.uk. If you're looking to hire and are interested in finding out more about all of the recruitment and advertising services we offer, then do reach out directly to any of our consultants or call 0207 432 8888.